All righty, guys. So we're back out to the handoff podcast here, Antonio Ethan, and we got a little special guest. Say, Antonio, want to introduce them? Yeah, man. This is Oscar and Tyler. What's up, man? Introduce ourselves. What's going on? What's going on? My name is Tyler, man. Uh, this is my boy Oscar. Oscar Moreno. What is up, guys? We're from uh, Tracy, California, a little town out here in uh, Northern California. Uh, we both grew up here. I grew up here. I was born in 1995. Um, and then I go ahead and let Tyler talk a little bit. Yeah, so so I'm from here. We're kind of both from here a little bit. And, uh, you know, we've been here pretty much my whole life. And, you know, growing up as athletes, um, growing up as athletes, you know, playing sports here our entire life. And we're kind of uh, we're kind of in a suburb of San Francisco. So we're kind of a little ways out. And we don't really – we never really had much of um, outlets for sports. So growing up, going into high school, going into college, um, and kind of seeing – you know, that there's not really no developmental process here in this, in our town. You know, my goal was to come back after I stopped playing football. I went to college and played a little bit of ball in Oklahoma, played football out there. Um, came back. I walked on at San Jose State, ended up not working out. And then, you know, I was just like, you know what, how can I find a way to stay in the sport and try to help kids, you know, not make the same uh, same mistakes that I did and, you know, guide them in the right direction and have a little bit of, you know, someone in their corner to kind of guide them in the right direction. So, you know, that brings us here now. So it's been about five years. We've been running our business. And uh, actually within the last six months, I met Oscar and we've been rocking ever since, man. It's been solid. It's been solid. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's great hey, stuff. I heard, I heard Antonio's told me a lot about you guys. Yeah, man. Uh, me and Ethan kind of met. I'll tell you guys how, uh, first I want to know, um, well, basically, I'll tell you guys on me and Ethan at first. So me and Ethan are uh, track and field teammates um, in our sophomore year of college. So we went in and uh, we were on the same team. I knew about him. He knew about me, but we hadn't met. Um, we met in the dining hall, like before practice or something like that. We were eating and uh, we were sitting at a table with a mutual friend who we had. His name is Donald. And uh, they were telling Ethan was uh, telling me, he was like, yeah, man, like, they got me living in the hotel right now. Like I'm not even on campus. I got a train. Uh, I got a uh, like I have to drive from from like uh, Gettysburg all the way to um, Emmitsburg. And he was like, "This is a struggle." I was like, "Yo, man, we gotta open. We gotta open room in our suite. Like you can come in." And I mean, we're on the same team, so we good for each other. And uh, we got close. We spent a lot of time together. Uh, went a lot of places. And yeah, man, we we definitely grew a bond. And we we decided like, yo, let's start this podcast because. We're, we're both, you know, I'm ex-collegiate. He's currently in college, just finished up this season. And, um, like, I was like, man, we got to definitely tell people, like, uh, you know, how it really is to be a Division One athlete, not only, but also what it's like to be a person. Because there's not a lot of athletes who really show you the human side of them. You just see a lot of fronts on social media. You see them and their accolades, but you don't really see them you know, what they're thinking, how they're kind of going day by day and how they kind of deal with the stuff that you get thrown out as an athlete. Definitely. Definitely. That's yeah. dope, man. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Man. Being, a, being a college athlete, it's a, uh, I definitely think it's a, uh, it's not for everybody. It's under, it's definitely underrated, or I would say, um, you know, they, they go through a lot more than most people think, you know, right. mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the, the stress of, you know, playing sports is a, a huge stress on its own. Mm-hmm. And then you add in school, then you add in being away from home, then you add in not having a job or, you know, being on a, you know, partial scholarly or whatever it is. 
And then it just makes everything a lot harder and a lot more challenging. So, you know, I, I've been there. I played ball, like I said, in Oklahoma for a little bit at a small NAIA out there, NAIA. And, um, you know, it was, it was tough. It was definitely challenging going from, a big, I mean, we're in a small town, but going there is even a smaller town. Yeah. And predominantly, predominantly white people, you know, and I have nothing against white people, but, you know, they know, like we, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Latino and, you know, people, they just, he's I feel white. like he's white. I feel like people just look at you <laughs> different when you me. walk in the door. Yeah. They just know you're not from there, you know, and just that aspect yeah. too is different, you know, dealing with a different part of, you know, the country is just like, you know, that it's, it wears on you too. And I can only imagine being, you know, being black or being even darker skin, you know, that must be even more of a challenge for sure. Yeah. Especially dude, like the, we, me and Ethan talk about like diversity more than most people would on these, like, especially as athletes and how we get, how we used to get looked at on campus or kind of the image that comes and especially where we were, like we went, uh, we went to college in a small place. It's called Emmitsburg, Maryland. And it's somewhere off of like you wouldn't even understand it's somewhere off of frederick which is another small town in maryland <laughs> yeah, so it's like but it's near this place called thermont and thermont is like historically a more racist predominantly white area and it's obviously evolved from then and there's not not everybody there was racist but there was situations that like we encountered um in school that were like shows of like racist racism still being yeah. there and especially being athletes it, it was really like I can't imagine how hard it was for the non-athletes because when you're an athlete you kind of get looked at as like okay he's black or he's Spanish but you know he gets gets stuff done in the on the field or on the court and you kind of get looked at different right but if you're just because yeah. you can kind of like I don't know how to describe it, but kind of avoid racism based on your, your status. And you kinda get, it's you crazy. Kinda get, exactly. You kind of get a status, I think, just because you're an athlete, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah. also, yeah, 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 like that, like that's me. Like I'm a, I'm a Latino myself and, you know, coming from a city in Jersey, I'm, I'm on Jersey. I'm literally a mile from the beach. Um, mm -hmm. like in a very diverse town to go to Emmitsburg where it's literally like it's country land. Like I got nothing. I don't, I don't got the beach a mile from me. I don't got, you know, whole different right. cultures and different types of people around me. It's like, it, it hit me like a train freshman year. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's definitely, it was definitely, it was definitely like a waking up call. You know, yeah, I dealt with the same thing. I played uh, two years out in Minnesota, small town, same thing, St. Bonifacius, same thing. But, you know, I think, as athletes, right, it, that's what we live for. We live for put, putting ourselves in these different environments that allow us to, to grow and, and, and allow, allows us to, right, I mean, as an athlete, of course, you're always trying to find the positive, learn, and then grow from yeah. that. You know, progression is key. Yeah. And um, I remember getting out there, and, you know, I'm from California where it's sun, sunny 12 months out of the year, and now I'm barely getting three months of field time I'm out there yeah. in T-work in the snow, uh, snow up to my shins. And they're all looking at me. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's, it's work, baby. You know, we yeah. snow yeah, man. out there. Do with what you that, man. Yeah, with that, I think we kind of want to transition into, I think we're at a good place. Like, I want, like, what's everybody's kind of transition from, like, your kind of real world transition from, oh, this isn't high school anymore to, to college, like, your transition from the high school level to the college level and, and how did you adapt with college and, and kind of find, find, some, find some ground with that? So I know for me, um, 
I really didn't going into college. I didn't really have no offers or nothing like that. I was really going into college. I wasn't even a, I wasn't even a top tier athlete. I was, you know, I was a good athlete, but I wasn't, you know, great or anything like that. So um, transitioning from college, really transitioning from high school to college was kind of challenging. Um, but I had actually went, so I started out at, at Northwest Oklahoma. That was my, the first school I went to. And I ended up going with my brother who kind of was like, Hey, if, if I'm going to come, if you guys can give me a partial scholarship, my brother's going to come you give him a partial scholarship too. So I ended up, you know, just tagging along. And <laughs> so luckily, um, luckily I, you know, I balled out. I did a good job. I was the only, one of the only true freshmen to actually travel with the team. So we got to go, you know, travel. We went to play the South Dakota state in the dome a little bit. So it was a cool, super cool experience. Um, but it was a big wake up call just being out there and being, like I said, being away from home, you know, being like thousands of miles away from home in a small town and then, yeah. you know, being, you know, on a team as a true freshman and kind of seeing, I came from a, a pretty top tier team here in California called St. Mary's. And so, um, you know, that was already a leap for me. And then going to that level and just that the program itself wasn't super, uh, you know, wasn't an elite program, but we had a lot of bounce backs, like a lot of D1 bounce backs. So we had a lot of ballers, even though it was, a, you know, NAIA. So, you know, it was kind of like, it was crazy to be playing against, you know, playing with guys that are grown men, you know, like literally some guys coming out of like, coming out of prison. We had some guys that were bounced back from D1s. We had some guys that had just been playing for years, you know, and it's just like, it was, uh, it was crazy. But luckily I had went to a good school in, in high school that kind of prepared me for that next level. And, you know. So go, going back to like, my bad, I just want to rephrase, no, rephrase the question as far as like what kind of helped the transition from going from high school to college. Yeah, like, like what like what was your what was your awakening that like oh this okay. is high school anymore and, and also what helped you transition uh okay. into college as well. So for me it was being away from from my from the house because I was a Hispanic I'm a Hispanic so we're raised a little you know sheltered and then going away to now where I'm alone I'm able to make my I have to make my own decisions right I don't necessarily have to go and in practice I don't you know there's certain things so for me I think it was just being away from home that was like a real big wake-up call and then also the school that I went to uh, it's called Crown College it was a, a D3 and then I played soccer and baseball over there um, and just coming from you know where I mean man the, I mean I'm sure you know how it is it might be similar in New York but how the way that sports at least the way that I played sports out here was it's very um, strict. So it's year round, you know, and then going out yeah. there to E3 and, and their program was not what I'd expected. I'd ex I expected like to get there. And then it's like, you know, it's, it's almost like we didn't do anything for the first four right. months. You know, yeah, it was no, it's funny to tell you all about that. And it kind of like yeah. for me, bro, it, it, it took the, the, not necessarily the passion out of it, but now being that there's, I, I'm already, I'm only 17. I was a young senior. So I was only 17 going into college and then there's no structure there. And now I'm just like, well, well I don't, I, their coaches are pretty much just telling us, yo, you know, do whatever you can up into until like October, November, and then we'll get with you. And um, so as far as the wake up call, like I said, go back to your question was just the fact of being away from the house and then me being able to make my own decisions and being having, having to be smart about that as an athlete, you know, cause yeah. 
I felt like I had, I could do anything I want. And, you know, so understanding that transition and how to be disciplined and how to stay on task and stay on your shit. And, you know, I think thinking bigger picture as well, because for me, I was the only guy on my team that actually had aspirations of get, going past college. They were all yeah. just playing for fun. And I'm like, right. but I don't do this shit for fun. You know, my goal is to go to the bigs, you know, not just, just to, and so it took kind of the, the love out of the game for me being around people like that, even though it shouldn't have, right. I could have easily no, totally get that. Mm-hmm. taken a different perspective on it and, and then been like, all right, I'll just be, you know, but I, which is why I ended up only playing, you know, like a year and a half over there. But um, yeah, so that was just, just to answer a little bit of the question. Oh yeah, man. I, I definitely uh, can relate to that for, uh, uh, we talked about it, and I think on our first episode, but we'll definitely talk about it again just to be able to to um, kind of further like open up about it with y'all. Um, so I didn't even uh, so I, I played three sports in high school. I got recruited a little bit for all of them, uh, but I got recruited. Um, I honestly didn't have much. It would be like little D three and JUCOs and stuff, but um, I didn't start running track until my senior year of high school during outdoor season, which I know is the last the last basically the last call the last season of track in the year for like if you break it down to for there are seasons or there's an indoor and an outdoor um mm-hmm. and like yeah y'all know and it's like I didn't start till outdoor season and I'll just I, I don't know I guess I was it was meant to be I, I broke a lot of school records that still stand um just was doing well was going to state like state invitationals and stuff like that and uh we got I think we got third uh in the state for our division and in, in four by one and I was like, man, this is like a solid year. Learners. Yeah, yeah, but I was like, I don't even know solid form and all that. I was like, man, like I was raw, but I was just a dog out there. I was, just, <laughs> I was just doing my thing. But um, yeah, man, I ended up having one Division three school um look at me and like offer uh and offer me to come be on their program just because a lot of them just didn't have they had either already got their guys or just hadn't seen me. But I knew I had the talent. I knew I just had started late. So I was like, you know what? Like, it's cool, but I don't want to go to this school. Let me see if I can go to another school. Just because I felt like if I went to that school, I would have been stuck there. So I was like, I, I was I was literally last day of, uh, of signing. I was in the uh, guidance office calling a million schools. I didn't have to go to like class at all that day. They had me in the guidance office all day calling schools, reaching out. And then the school called York College on my way to the gym with my friend after school the coach at York College had called me and I had missed it. And, but he left me a voicemail. He was like, Antonio, yeah, like we got your call. Like we've seen your stats and stuff. And uh, yeah, we have a spot for you in our program. Like you, you can come here. And I was like, yo, like me and my friend were going wild. But uh, so I went there for my freshman year and I was like, I need to catch up. I need to catch up. Like I need to, everybody's going to be so ahead of me when I get there. I, I need to just be like relentless. So I cut everything off. Like I, um, I just went into the, like, I grinded that whole off season and I had to uh, learn everything and, and kind of catch up, but I didn't realize that I was doing more. Like when I got there, I realized how much more I had actually done. And it wasn't anything I expected. Like I, I got there and I was like, man, like everybody's going to be good, but I get there and I realized nobody was taking it that serious. And just like you said, Oscar, I was like, nobody takes it seriously. Everybody's worried about going out and getting messed, like getting, you know, they get worried about getting effed up at the parties and, and all this stuff. And like, I had, I had fun at the school, but like, I, I knew like when I got there and I realized like, I was like, well, I already like, after the first meet, I was like, I gotta be the best person on this team. 
I had said it and I ended up being the best on the team, representing my team. And I went, I had to, I was just, I held myself to a different standard. We had morning lifts that I interested. I was like, we need to do morning lifts. I told the coach, like, everybody needs to get up in the morning. We need to do morning lifts because it's what everybody has to do to be good. So we started doing morning lifts. I made sure I was there. I made sure my teammates were there. I was like, yo, like, look, I'm doing this. Like, I'm getting the extra work and I'm not going to be here long. And I knew, like, I was like, I don't plan on staying here. Like, I plan on, like, making a mark, but I see myself going past this. And I always wanted to be a Division One athlete. I didn't know how, but I wanted to. And, I like, that was my – I always wanted to do it in basketball, but stopped playing basketball in high school. And um, I was like, you know what, like, maybe track – I'll go here. But I didn't really have any expectations. I just knew – how hard that I was going to, I was going to apply myself. And I had a good season. I went to conferences and um, led the team and went on to uh, championships, ran well there. And I was like, all right, I, I gotta have like COVID happen and it stopped the outdoor from happening. But I was like, all right, my indoor stat should be solid enough to get me somewhere. So put my name in the transfer portal and I got like my real recruitment like the real recruiting feel so I was on both ends of the, the spectrum like scraping and clawing and get an offer and having to go with whatever you have and then I got recruited again so I had like 12 schools offer and then um the mount was the best one I had and I ended up deciding to go there and um you know I went and things were solid there and like that's kind of how I ended up getting to where I went in college was just I it just got somewhere that I didn't know that I could get to yeah, yeah I, had, I had a completely different route. I went to um, in Jersey Christian Brothers Academy. It's a prestige. It's it, it, for run, for running wise. It's it's one of the top programs in the country for running. Um, more on the distance side than the sprints, but um, you know we won states, counties. You know every everything you could think of. We yeah. won it every. We can't. We can't. Uh, we can't all be like Ethan, man. Yeah, I, I just got. <laughs> I just got the luck of the draw. I just got luck of the draw, right? And you know, I had a bunch of offers coming out out of high school for you know D one schools, and just kind of just felt like the best fit was the Mount. Um, you know, it was a completely different route than what, you know, Antonio took. But I think that's like, you know, what's what's crazy is like, you know, we all took these different routes. Right. I had this program. He, he had to go through D3. But, you know, look where we end up. We're both we on ended the, up in track, the same you know, place, the same, in the same suite, you know, staying in the same room. But we took opposite ends of the opposite ends of the of the loop, you know. But um, I think it's something, you know, it's cra- crazy interesting, like how you guys, you know, you, you know, went all your different routes. But, you know, guys ended up together somehow. Um, that's planned. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, you know. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask you guys is like, how you know where you guys are now? Like, how, what what was like your first step to get into where you guys are now? Man, so uh, so basically, like I said, after college, um, it didn't work out at San Jose State, and then um, you know, I really had I was working at Twenty Four Hour Fitness at the time. I really didn't know like what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to do something in, in you know in a gym setting, whether that's with athletes or just training people, like general fitness type of stuff. My brother had actually started, um, my brother had actually started doing some training out here in in the same town. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just come back and, you know, see what happens. So I moved out of San Jose, moved back. My, one of my friends had had a gym, like a little just a boot camp gym. And so Mm -hmm. I started doing some classes for him here and there, whatever, and kind of just got me back into the gym and, you know, I, I've always been an athlete. I've always been working out. So it was just, it just came natural. So I started doing that. And then my brother's like, bro, I'm, I'm over here training. Come, come train with me. So I was like, all right, cool. So I left there. We started training and we literally, we started in a Zumba room um, at, at World's Gym. So we started in a Zumba room training like 
five to 10 kids. And it worked for a while. We built up to like 20 kids. And then World's Gym was like, hey, we're going to build this whole other facility for you guys, like connect it next door. And we're going to put like turf in there and all this stuff. I'm like, hell yeah, we don't got to buy none of this equipment. That's awesome. We'll just pay rent. And they're like, yeah, just teach some of the classes for us and you guys can do your own thing. So we started doing that and it, it was working out good for a while. Then eventually we started noticing uh, gym, like started noticing barbells and trap bars and like different things just missing one day. And I was like, where's all this equipment going? Like I just came and all of a sudden it was gone. And I asked the owner, I'm like, hey, um, you guys know what happened to the equipment? Because I know we had more than that. And he's like, oh, yeah, I started selling it because you guys weren't using it. I'm like, we've definitely been using it every day, but you guys have never seen us do any classes. So then long story short, they kind of kicked us out without kicking us out, saying, like, you know, you guys kind of got to go whatever. So, you know, we just kind of went on our own. We found a spot and uh, it's been it's been tough, but we found our own spot and we've been here for like the last five years, man. It's been up and down and. But we're still rocking, awesome, man. So it's been a it's been a rocky road, but I think every person that's an entrepreneur is just like, you know, you find a made find a way to make it work. You know, there's no, I have no, there is no plan B. This is this is my plan A, and my plan B is to find a way to make plan A work. You know, yeah, like, that's, like that's my yeah. thing. Like, what is, so like what advice would you give somebody who wants to follow you know in your footsteps of like physical training, like sports training, all that? My advice would be to. One, make sure it's something you want to do. Make sure you're, you're ready to be an entrepreneur because, you know, not everyone is built to be an entrepreneur and that's okay. Some people are good employees right, and, and some, you know, there's nothing wrong with being an employee and working for someone else. Right. But I feel like my whole life I've, I've known that I wanted to be a bigger, I've had a bigger, um, I was going to have something, you know, something bigger for me out there. And I was meant to be here to do something bigger than just work for someone else. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to just, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it work, you know, and it's, it's been tough, but at the end of the day, this is what I'm passionate about. I love being in the gym. I love training. I love being around athletes because I'm an athlete since, you know, I've always played sports. My dad, you know, I used to go to the gym with my dad and he would put us on the leg press and, you know, leg press us for, our, you know, 20 reps. And then we would go, we'd be playing basketball and we're like five years old, you know, like just running around the gym. So this is all I know. So I would just say, man, just make sure it's something you're passionate about and make sure that, you know, you, it, it looks cool on Instagram being an entrepreneur, you know, it's cool to say, you're yeah, an entrepreneur, but when you're down in the dumps, you ain't got no, you ain't got no money. You know, you ain't got no one to help you out. This you're by yourself. You got to stick right. it out. Uh, so that's that's facts man it's it is rough dude like i remember like i read like ethan was there when i had my like realization that like i was like this school stuff man like like just because of the financial situation with my family and stuff i was like i have to like give up my whole life like which was i feel like which i want to get into after this was um but i was like man like i was like i have to give up everything i know right now like who i am basically my identity is is the, the the track athlete I was and I was like I have to give this up and I was like I'm, I'm willing to do it because I know I, I want to make this work but like as soon as I did man like I'd say the first couple months dude it was like before I found AJ who y'all know who Ethan hasn't met yet but we will have him soon like like when I did meet him I was like basically like a shell of myself I, I didn't know who I was I didn't know how to get there I knew what I wanted to do somewhat but man like it was like it is rough. It was rough because it was like investing my own money into myself and having to trust in myself, but nobody really believing in me. 
and nobody understanding why I'm doing things and just people just shitting on me constantly and beating me down eventually to a point where like I like isolated myself I had like the immediate people who I loved around me and the people who were in my circle and then everybody else I was just like I can't like I don't have time I don't have effort and I just basically locked myself in my room and and went to the gym and that was all I did and I just like was relentless about learning about it like every single day like 12 hours just staying up till four in the morning waking up early and doing it again like mental breakdowns after mental breakdowns after you know not really having answers and just up and down but it's you know it's going to be worth it it'd be def- definitely everybody has room to grow and you know I just knew it was what I needed to do because it's my passion you know definitely yeah I think um just being self-aware of who you are and then understanding that, right, have a vision, of course, understand where it is that you want to go, but then also understand that things aren't necessarily going to go the exact way you think they are, right? But if you apply yourself every day, if your daily habits, you know, back up what it is, right? Because people can say, oh, I want to be a millionaire, but then they go home and eat junk food and watch TV, right? So what is it that have your goals, have your daily habits portray what it is that you, you know, portray your goals that you want to eventually get to um, and then understand adversity and that that's part of life and looking at the positive in every aspect is the only way to approach life, you know, and um, just progression, man. I tell all my guys progression, progression, especially at a young age, you know, and what I, cause I coach a 13 youth baseball team. And um, I've had them for four months and there's been a lot of progression, right? But they are still not, you know, the kids that apply themselves correctly have obviously seen more than the other ones. But what I'm trying to ingrain in them and get them to understand is that, yo, you're 13 years old right now, right? You're in seventh grade. Your focus should be today to tomorrow, right? How much can I get done today? Wake up tomorrow. How much can I get done tomorrow, right? It's all about progression, And I think as far as what we see or what I see, at least, that's missing in this day and age is just the grind and the work ethic. Everything is so easy for all these kids. Instant gratification. That, that, like, they have completely lost the aspect of work ethic, bruh. Like, it is something just that I am just shook by because I was never that type of athlete, whether it was because my dad made me or whether it was because – eventually my dad didn't have to make me eventually he right but it, it is thankful you know i am thankful because my dad i remember saturday 7 a.m get out to the field you know um so just understand you know going back to what um sorry uh, what ethan had asked you know any any tips for entrepreneurs or trainers wanting to just get into the business is you have to be passionate like tyler was saying um you have to have set goals and then you have to just understand that that where you get to is purely predicated on what you decide to do on a regular basis, right? If you don't do, you know, and that's, that's, that's purely it, you know? Yeah. With that, um, especially talking about how you guys are entrepreneurs, um, I want you guys to, uh, I wanted to know a little bit about, you know, I obviously know, but I, I want to ask a little bit for everybody to know, um, cause I feel like it's well to share is um, kind of what you guys focus with on your programs and how you, um, implemented speed development into what you guys are doing and, and how you've been kind of taking advantage of being in that in that in that area in California and growing with that. 
So uh, just like, so basically we work with kids from six years old all the way up to, to high school, college. Um, we've had some, some guys that, you know, were aspiring to play professional ball. Um, so our big thing is, man, just work with a purpose, you know, have, have a goal. Don't just work aimlessly. You know, we're not in here just running around to make you tired, you know? So our, there's, I think, unfortunately in this industry, there's a lot of people that, you know, just do it just for the money or do it just because it looks cool on Instagram or they're, you know, and it's like really at the end of the day, why are you doing this? Are you doing this for the kids or are you doing this for yourself? And if you're doing it for yourself or you're doing it for the wrong reasons, then, you know, you shouldn't be doing this because really at the end of the day, I want to give these kids the best outlet and the best chance at being successful at the next level. And I've seen, I've played with guys that played at that, you know, played in the NFL. I've, I've played against Brandon Cooks. I played with, you know, a buddy of mine, Josh Harper. You know, I played with people that played in the league and I know what it takes and running around doing a bunch of nothing is not going to really help you. So our goal is to really just to build a, a solid foundation for these kids and to really get them to understand that we're trying to teach them not only just how to be a better athlete, but how to be a better person. Like regardless if you go and play sports at the end of the day, because 90, 95% of them probably won't even make it to, you know, won't make it to college, you know, but take something out of it, you know, take something that you can take for the rest of your life. Cause I still remember when I was playing pop Warner or when I was, my dad was coaching me and the things that he used to teach me, I'm still, I'm teaching those things to my kids now, you know, like give, give 110% effort, not just, not just here, but in the classroom. You know, when you guys are at home folding your clothes or making your bed, do it at 100 percent. My dad always used to tell me, like, I remember this for the I'll remember this for the rest of my life. He used to tell me, I don't care if you drive a bucket, you better have the cleanest bucket. I don't care if you flip patties for a living, you better be the pet, the best patty flipper. And that the rest of my life has just always, always resonated with me because it's just like I see too many people just going through the motions and especially coaches. And it's like you know, that's not benefiting the kids at all. You know, I'm doing right. this. I want to make exactly. this, you know, and yeah. so that's, uh, that's kind of what we try to do here is just really just try to show these kids the, the, you know, no one's perfect. We don't have a perfect program. There's definitely, as you know, there's places that we can improve. And so that's why, you know, we linked up with coach AJ and linked up with you. And, you know, now we're kind of in your guys' ear and just trying to see how yeah. we can do to be better and to strive to be better for the kids, you know, be better for athletes. At the end, that's what it's all about as coaches, right? It's it's, and that was one thing for me as a, as I got more experience and and, you know, dealt with a few different types of athletes and seen the different types of athletes, right? We've kind of narrowed it down to, just because of how passionate we are about what we do. I only want to work with those guys that have the yeah. same passion, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you invest in them, they invest in you, right? You don't want to give your time to somebody who isn't going to give you 100% back. Because you can be the best programmer in the world. You can write up the best things. You know, you can have the best recovery. But if they're not going to give you 100% back, and they're not going to do the things that are non-negotiables, then they're not going to get better. And that's like kind of what we wanted to transition into last was like, right with the with the program and with that stuff. And like, you know, on this podcast, we're, we're track athletes. It's called The Handoff. So we like to focus a lot on speed. So at the end, we are going to ask is like, yeah, we want to always ask it's, um, you know, where do you feel like the stuff you're doing with your speed development, you know, like you guys are using the McLeod system, which is amazing. And um, 
you know, if, how's, how, how does that help you? And also um, how do you see speed translate into every single sport and, and honestly make the athletes uh, excel? You want to answer that? You want me to answer that? So, I think I want him to rephrase it. Okay. Go ahead. Say it. No, no. Say it again. I'll answer it, but I, I just want to okay. hear it again. So how have you guys um, noticed the McLeod system help you a lot with your training? And yeah. also, how have you seen um, speed training benefit athletes? Okay. So um, just being fully transparent, we really just did our first speed camp this past weekend with the McLeod. Um, it was a, our first time really using it with a big group of people. We had about 45, 50 kids pull up. Um, and, um, so like I said, we haven't had too much experience with the McCloy, but with a little time using it and the, you know, I've been using it for my one-on-ones now as of late, but I think it's just going to allow us to really transition from, okay, Hey, you like, like, you know, me and coach, I always say, okay, you may look good. Right. But at the end of the day, you may not be necessarily getting faster. So with the McCoy now being implemented, it, it just allows us to track, to be more specific with our training, which is what, you know, we're not just putting somebody through some exercises. We understand that ingraining the technical, the technical, the technical, right, is, is what's most important. So implementing the McCloyd is just going to allow us to be more detailed with each individual athlete, right, to not necessarily put, because we're not going to put a, a shortstop through the same program that right um, a, a soccer player might be on, you know, or the, we're not going to put that soccer player on the same program that a golfer is going to be on. So, um, and then seeing just the transition, right? Like, like I work with a lot of baseball guys, so it's cool being able to see that the small little technical stuff gets kind of translated subconsciously when it goes to first step and, you know, on a bodily right or left or um, stealing from first to second. So I think it's structuring using the McCloy to then structure a program for each individual athlete that will be specific towards them. You know, but like I said, we're fairly new with, with everything. Um, it's just a daily, right. We just put in work for every day trying to see what works, what doesn't work, which is how, you know, which is what coaches do. You kind of, Maybe that'll work. If it does, it doesn't. It's, you know, I think we we're listening to Dan Path. What do you say about cues? He was like, they're like t-shirts. They're like t-shirts, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. wear a t-shirt for a certain amount of time and eventually you take it off. You know, maybe a cue will work great for this athlete in season and not work for him, you know, in the off season. So right. yeah, it's uh, a lot of trial and error. Yeah. yeah. It is trial and error. And the, the thing is too, the, just like you said, we just started using the McCloyd and, uh, or the GPS tracker that's, you know, it's been out, that kind of um, equipment has been around for a little while now, but um, I, I was introduced to it through Les Spellman and, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty cool experience going down there and working with him and seeing how, um, really just how detailed they are with it. And when I saw that, it just made me think like, damn, there's a next there's step. so much there's... more that we could be doing to try to help these kids get faster. Like, yeah, all the stuff we're doing is helping them for sure. Probably get faster. Cause at such a young age, you know, pretty much doing anything with them will help them get faster, you know, but with the, with the GPS trackers, we could really see like, are we really making these kids faster or, you know, are we making them slower? You know, right. so it's, it really just helps us again, you know, bring it back to the athletes. Are we helping the athletes really at the end of the day? Are we doing everything we can to make sure that they're getting better and they're getting faster? Um, and really at the end of the day, running and sprinting is the basis of all sport. So if you're a poor runner, 
I, it doesn't really matter what sport you play unless it's uh, golf. golf, but um, I mean, even sports like, you know, like swimming, there's, it's, it's, there's research out there showing that if you become a better sprinter, you'll become a better swimmer. So you become a better runner and you're naturally just going to become a better athlete. You know, you still got to practice those skills, but if you're a better sprinter, it's going to make your life a lot better. Yeah. I was, I was a baseball player. I played travel through sophomore year of high school. Um, I didn't make it to the you know freshman baseball team in high school, but that's all right. But that's for another story. But, um, but no, I trade, I played travel baseball and I was a center fielder. So it's like, you know, when I started doing track in high school, I noticed like a difference when I played center, my quick, you know, my quick, my first step, you know, getting to get into the ball or whatever. It was like, it just made a complete difference. It was like, it was making balls, you know, 30 feet away from me feel like two feet away. Like it was nothing. It was crazy. Uh, Right. And now I look back too, because when I was, that was the one thing, probably my one biggest limiting factor was speed. And I, you know, same, I was just like, you know, training without really a purpose. I, you know, doing speed ladders and hurdles and, you know, like, but it wasn't and getting stronger, but it wasn't really making me faster until I got to college. And I kind of started understanding it a little bit. And then I started noticing like, damn, I'm making like, I'm way better than I ever was, you know, but it was yeah. just because in high school, I just never, no one ever showed me how to be faster. You know, everyone mm -hmm. says, oh, no run faster or, you know, like go run or do something. They don't teach speed. They don't teach you. You know, so many people talk about it and it's such a, it's so crazy to me that no one, you know, I just heard of a high school here in town that's making their football team do, do burpees for three minutes. I'm like, but how is that making you a better football player though? Very old traditional training, which is just based off. That's why like, just like you guys talked about with the McLeod, like it makes training not be so much of a like a traditional, uh, this is my method and this is how I do it. It's no, this is the numbers. This is a prescription. The we break the numbers high. down and do it. Yeah, we do a calculation. We break these down, right? This is scientifically how you're going to improve for this athlete, right? So if we have a group of athletes, these people need to work on acceleration. These people need to work on max V based off of, you know, the numbers. We're not just throwing you guys and saying, uh, run the field, um, 10 times and do burpees until you throw up like that's not gonna make you better like no. who you're 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 working out in the sun hard and you're, you're gonna pass out but like what is that gonna help you know the the athletes who are good are gonna make it and the ones who aren't are gonna just not make it it's that's right. it they don't really progress that's much what it is dude it's, it's like yeah. cool. you yeah. got it or you don't exactly and in, co in college you get developed what is it that they make you do when you go to a baseball showcase, a football showcase, uh, or maybe not basketball, but a soccer showcase? Baseball, it's a 60-yard dash. Yeah. How often in baseball are you running 60 yards yeah. in a year? No. Nope. Yeah. Never. Never. Right. Never. But sure enough, right, they're testing yeah, yeah. the 60-yard dash to see what? Yeah, right? what you can you do. This is as true. an athlete, your, poten yeah. your potential, you know. Exactly. Um, and I remember because I, I baseball was I played soccer, too, but I was more serious on the baseball side showcases, you know, as I got junior, senior in high school. And I remember I, I, I was a very well skilled player. I understood the game, fielding, hitting very good at. But I was slow, you know, six yard dash time, slow, horrible. But who, who knows? You know, I was also never the tallest kid. Maybe if I had a fire 60 yard dash time in the day maybe i would have gone some different looks you know so i think speed training is just kind of like how you were saying very highly overlooked which is why it really got into mind because like tyler was saying it was something that i was never taught i remember going out to the field and hitting balls and shooting on the goal and but i never remained re 
I never, I can tell you for a fact, I never did no technical work. I was never doing dribbles. I was never doing marches. I was never doing B skips, A skips, all this stuff that is just now we see like how, and then you see it with, even with the guys in our class, just for the simple fact of you come Monday through Friday, you know, the, 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 the progression is inevitable, you know, and it's just, I think it's just building that foundation from a young age. I think it was with you and coach AJ, we were talking about the other day is like, what should these athletes from, you know, second to, to sixth, seventh grade be doing, right? It's just exactly. it's all stability, mobility, posture, you know, yeah. technically molding, molding them to be a proper athlete, they can, exactly. uh, molding, them, molding them to have the potential to be a collegiate and, and a professional athlete from a young age. He was just talking about an athlete who's had, horrible knees and his parents are still he's like in fifth sixth grade and they're still having him play for yeah, man like you gotta like stop stop overloading these kids man they're kids just teach them how to teach them give them the tools that when it's time they have it so it's like that's like we were talking about like even the even the technical part being skilled technically can improve your time by like 50 percent, like your performance just from being technically sound but to wrap it up ethan had um another question before we uh before we yeah i just wanted to know like what was your like what or who was like your biggest influences when it came to sports growing up and where you guys are now you know like i've just you know my dad was a huge influence he was a high school football player and he was supposed to go d1 before he last game of high school tore every acl mcl every l in his leg and that ended that you know and you know that was like my you know my dream was to kind of like go in his footsteps and want to go D1, whatever sport it was, whether that be baseball, lacrosse, football, and ended up with track, the least likely of the bunch. But, you know, what was yeah, your – who were your influences? As a as an athlete or as a coach now? Both. Okay. So yeah. so as an athlete, for sure, I, it would definitely be my dad as well. My dad and my brother, man, I can like, I can never remember a time when I didn't have a bat or a ball or something in my hand, you know, playing a sport – you know, my dad would, you know, toss me the ball, make me dribble left-handed with my right hand behind my back, you know, doing stuff. And, you know, it just, it just literally, I was that kid. I was that kid that when I grew up, everyone was like, and I told people I was a trainer and I was doing sports before training, like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it just made sense. Like, it's just, that it was natural for me to do what I'm doing now just because this has always been our goal. So, for sure, as an athlete, it would be my dad and my brother. And then as a coach, man, that's a tough one. I would say recently, uh, Les Bellman was definitely my, uh, my inspiration after, you know, we've been doing this for a while, but, you know, we've kind of been stagnant for a little bit, I would say. Like, we haven't, we haven't probably seen as much growth as I wanted to. And, you know, maybe it's partially on my, you know, I, I could take responsibility for that, you know, but after linking up with Les and really just seeing like one, the grind that he has, the passion mm-hmm. he has, bro, and the athletes that he's worked with, it was like really like the most mind blowing experience I've ever had. I was like, holy right. shit, like, you know, I thought I had it, I thought I was working hard. This was makes me look like I just been sitting on my ass for the last five years, you know? So <laughs> it's just, uh, he's definitely been a huge inspiration for me and, uh, you know, and me. And, and, uh, and Oscar, you know, uh, he, he literally told me, I taught, I was taught, I hit up LaRon about the McCloyd and then 
next thing you know, I was on the phone with Les and he's like, yeah, if you want to, um, I, I forgot to get back to you on Instagram. Cause I hit him up on Instagram. I was like, Hey, do you mind if I come out there and, you know, check, you know, just literally I'll be a fly on the wall. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to take you back. But if you want to come out here, we got practice on Monday. The NFL guys are going back and I'll pick you up from the airport. And you can stay the night at my house. I'm like, I say less. I'm like, for yeah. sure. I'm going to book my flight right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was so sad. Yeah, man. I've been, I've been trying to reach out to him. Like, I, I was, I hit him up. We've, we've had a conversation. Like, he knows I've, I've been with AJ. So I've, I've talked to him like off and on over the last couple of months. But I was trying to link up with him to, to talk on a Zoom and he's trying to talk and see if I could get uh, a way out there during this, uh, yeah, during sure. just kind of come out there, man. Yeah. I'm sure, once, I'm sure once, uh, you know, that, but that he is the most busy person I ever yeah, seen. Yeah, man. That's, that's totally what I thought. Cause I, uh, we, we started linking, uh, to figure something out right around combine time. So he was like, he was like, it was, you can already tell it was, uh, it was nutty. I yeah. swear on our, like, so we'd be at practice with the, with the NFL guys. And I swear to God from, cause it was, it's in Irvine and, he lives in San Diego. It literally take us like three minimum, like three hours just to get back. It's supposed to only be really an hour drive. But before we even get home, he's stopping off the side of the road to send emails, to do a Zoom call, to do a podcast, to do this, to do that. I'm like, bruh, we ain't even like, I, I'm, running off, like I'm running off like four hours of sleep right now. I went to bed at midnight doing computer work with him. And then we waking up at four in the morning, right Cody. back at it. I'm just like, bro, I've never seen nothing like it. So you can't teach that grind, man. Really it's relentless, sure. man. It's a relentless grind. With the way we're going though, bro. And I, I really truly feel like, like eventually we're all going to link up. And, and oh, 100 percent. We're all gonna end up yeah. working together. Really, uh, me and me and uh, me and AJ are, are slowly making our way to the West. Oh yeah, so, bro. Yeah. We ready? <laughs> we ready? Let's get it. For, uh, I yeah, might man. have to work my way over to the West. Yeah, yeah, Ethan, 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 get your shit and come over here too. Bro. Yeah, I'm gonna have to work my way out <laughs> west. Let's get it. Tap in. <laughs> well, let's uh, make the hand. No, let's take. Let's do the hand. The handoff with the sunset Cali. The sunset Cali view, bro. You know, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, awesome. man, but uh, appreciate yeah. y'all for coming, man. Yeah, man, appreciate it, it so much, man. Thank you, guys. One, one, one thing real quick. Um, <laughs> I think athletes need to play all sports, man. If there's any young yes. athletes, yes. Out there, yes. Info, yes. please. I made a post about that, y'all. Play every sport when you're young. Every it develops sport, you man. more well-rounded as an athlete as well. Oh, Something yeah. you preach, man. 100%. Do everything. And even – exactly. Yeah, once you get to like whatever junior senior year, you could kind of start to pick and choose. But yeah. I think parents really just, oh, he's he's in you, second you, grade and he's only playing exactly. You know, you know, you know. I think it's golf. I've been talking shit about golf. Yeah, you been talking know, golf down, man. You know, sorry, I love golf. I'll go play golf. Love it. I'll be, you know. Yeah. No, like exactly, sports, man. Man. Hey, Thank you guys for having us on for real. Um, yeah, man, thank you. Uh, but yeah, we man. should definitely get on another one. I would love yeah, to. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I have hella questions in my head. And no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, we'll definitely schedule maybe in like a couple, like another, like another couple of weeks. We'll hop on again because we definitely got a lot more to talk about. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. yeah. Just run it back. All right, man. Yeah, All right, for thank sure. you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Till next time.